Jesus said, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. I speak to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. According to a recent issue of The Economist magazine, Gen Zers, or those born between 1997 and 2012, are not known for their piety. A third are non-religious, and nearly one in five are either agnostic or atheist, the most of any generation. They grew up in less devout homes and start questioning their belief at a younger age. But the article continues to say, it would be to be premature to conclude that they are giving up on faith. Because there, are, there is sizable research that says they want to learn more about Jesus. In a couple of surveys, it's been discovered that over 70% of Gen Zers have expressed an interest in learning about the Bible, in learning about Jesus. The article continues to suggest that younger Christians seem to be a bit tired, a bit tired of the culture wars, a bit tired of the moral failures that have crippled church leaders, and a bit tired of the rise of extremists who identify as Christians but do not live the life of a Christian. Yet, in their weariness, they are fascinated by Jesus. The Asbury Revival, perhaps, is a testimony to this fascination. A chapel service in Kentucky turned into a nonstop two-week prayer session. Tens of thousands of people from across the country wanted to see what was happening. Videos of students and visitors praying and singing, playing instruments, crying, embracing one another, continue to circulate on TikTok, Instagram, and other social media platforms. Now, along with the video is commentary from various camps that are attempting to understand what's going on here. Some are quite skeptical, naturally, but most, most are in awe of the fervor of the grassroots form of gathering. Frank Yamada, an educational administrator, suggests that students were motivated by a longing, a longing for, in his words, a deeper sense of connection to God and to each other, perhaps partly fueled by political and social fragmentation coming out of a global pandemic and a time of deep isolation. For we are all people, people looking for signs of hope, looking for signs of being connected to and with each other, rather than being people who are divided and separated from each other. In our gospel today, a religious and political leader seeks out Jesus at night. 
Nicodemus is at a point in his life where he is seeking answers. The shackles of Roman occupation occupy him severely. Stories of how great it was before, during the times of the ancestors, during the time of King David, they're all familiar to him. And he's coming to experience, uh, he's coming there to experience love and hope. And so with great curiosity, this leader of his people inquires of Jesus. Jesus, who are you? What are you about? Are you real? Are you for real? Is there any hope for our nation? Can our culture be remade, fashioned so that the times when we have experienced God most fervently can break the shackles of Roman occupation? It's in that interaction that Jesus states, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. Now you see, two things are held together here. It is the ultimate deconstruction of a binary. For the kingdom of God represents a new culture, a new culture rooted in the fundamental of the earth, being born of water, enlivened with a vision of transcendence, being born of spirit. There is no separation between water and spirit because you have to be born of both things is what Jesus says. In many ways, most of us are asking the same questions that Nicodemus asked 2,000 years ago. Jesus, who are you? Jesus, what are you about? Jesus, are you real? Jesus, are you for real? In the midst of deep pathological division and entrenchment, is there a sense of community that can be gained in our nation? Is there validity in the aspiration of e pluribus unum? Recently, our pub theology gathered to reflect on event, an, an event that was hosted by the Trinity Forum. The overarching question of that event was, can our culture be remade? David Bailey, a writer working in the field of racial reconciliation, offered some substantive thought that has stuck with me for the past few weeks. Bailey thinks that our biggest struggle in the United States is fundamentalism. Fundamentalism on the right, fundamentalism on the left. And this fundamentalism is a rigidity of thought that does not yearn for answers and is stuck. It's basically entrenched in patterns and ways that are mutually destructive. He said, on one hand, there's a vision of the future, a vision of purity that is almost what one can see as God's peace. And sometimes we're trying to exercise power to achieve this vision without authority, without relationship, without the messiness of what it means to be in the human experience. Another version of this fundamentalism tries to exercise power through a form of idolatry. 
Put another way, for one side, it manifests in wanting to cast out demons through a Jesus that is not the Jesus of the Bible. For the other, it exercises power that wants to have social holiness without personal holiness. Now, as a Christian pastor, I believe in the vision of a new heaven and a new earth that's described in the book of Revelation. It's also a picture that the great Hebrew prophets have painted for us. The vision of God's peace, where the lion and the lamb coexist peacefully, where weapons will turn into plowshares, where there's a world where there is no famine, no tears, where the presence of God is experienced constantly. Yet I have come to, to become aware that this vision of a new heaven and a new earth cannot be experienced in a vacuum. Living into the vision of the new heaven and a new earth, a vision that Christ and his followers, followers like Howard Thurman, Dr. Martin Luther King, Verna Dozier, the faithful on the Edmund Pettus Bridge describe, cannot, cannot occur without a yearning for personal holiness. Now, striving for this personal holiness is not about feeling guilty about breaking the Ten Commandments. Rather, it's, it's a yearning. It's a desire to encounter the authentic love of Jesus, of truth, beauty, and consciousness, a love that knows no boundaries, a radical love that invites us to transforming ourselves through grace, to be more like Christ day in and day out. The reality is that policy and the law by itself cannot create radical change. Fundamental change occurs by taking one radical step, like Abram did in the first lesson, or as described by the epistle to the Romans. It happens when we are ultimately dependent on God and receive direction on how to live from God. And without a yearning to hear God's voice, a yearning for personal holiness, a new world is not possible. That is exactly what Jesus suggested to Nicodemus that night. No one can enter the kingdom of God. No one can build the kingdom of God without being born of the water and of the Spirit. Perhaps, just perhaps, that's what the Asbury Revival can inspire in us. A sense of deep devotion that is rooted in prayer community centered on the sacrifice of God who so loved actually let me use the Latin translation in the Vulgate who so delighted in the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but may have eternal life perhaps it is the church being reminded that our primary mission and vision can be lived as being the center of prayer and spiritual discipline so we can remind everyone that we impact that God did not send God's Son into this world to condemn any of us, 
but to save all of us. So, beloved of St. Anne's, I pose some fundamental questions for us. Given the fundamental thirst for Jesus we are witnessing in our day and age, what if it's us? What if it's the religious establishment that needs to be born anew? If we are intent on ushering the vision of a new earth because of our realization that our current situation is in a total tailspin, what would it look like for you and me to commit to a sense of personal encounter, a personal relationship with the divine? For again, without a sense of personal holiness, social transformation becomes impossible.